us, Lord, that, that, Lord, that you're wanting us to break through to. So, Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, Lord, we just pray right now for a sensitivity to your voice, a sensitivity to the anointing of Holy Spirit. Lord, a sensitivity of what you're requiring of each and every one of us here tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord, tonight for that sensitivity in your mighty name. Amen and amen. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about as I, um, as I start here. It's like God was speaking to me about his peace. And I said, okay, Lord, what is it about your peace? And you know, if we're not walking in God's peace, we aren't closely connecting to him because we must be closely connected to be walking in his peace. And he wants us to walk in this peace, not only in this season, but every season to follow from now on. God is calling us into that new season, into that new place. And as he continued to show me, he showed me Hebrews 4.12. And he said, it's time to take up the sword of the Lord, the word of God. And what it says is, the word of the Lord is living and active. Do we have the word of God living and active in our lives through our prophetic words, through what we're reading, the Rema word, as we're reading our word? You know, are we receiving revelation of his word are we walking in that and I just read the other day on Facebook Chuck Pierce has a word for 2017 and he said that the word of the Lord is coming down but do you know what's happening the enemy is going to try to control it to dull its edge so we must be now in this place of walking in the revelation of who God is in the revelation of that intimacy of our walk in him and walk in that peace as he fulfills us. And when we're walking in that revelation, we are going to know that we are carrying the word of God in us through our prophetic words, you know, through the revelation he's given us. We are a prophetic church. And so we are carrying that word and it's a living and it's active within us. But the enemy is going to try his tricks and he's going to try and dull. And I believe he's bringing in, it's the time of the false fivefold ministry, the false fivefold ministry. And you know, and we are, our ears are quickened to God's word. But there are those out there that are searching. They're searching but do you know what? There's going to be a deliberate onslaught, a deliberate onslaught to hoodwink those ones that are searching. God's word must remain forever ever sharp to every hear, ear that hears him. We hear him. And so, you know, his word has to be living, active and sharp within us because it's only through us that we can deliver that living, active word. We are a reproducing of that living, active word into others' lives that are searching him. But we need new clothes. Not just a wardrobe of clothes, girls. Forget about that. No wardrobe of new clothes, but we need new clothes 
And you know what? When the Lord said, well, we need new clothes, all of a sudden I remembered the message that Apostle Greg has been speaking and preaching on for the last couple of years. New clothes. And so when I began to read more about it, I believe the Lord was showing me a new armour. Now, don't get religious on me. Just wait till I explain this. You know, because it could actually then enable us to live in the peace of God. But wait. Don't run ahead of me. Can we imagine ourselves as God's superheroes? Can each one of you imagine yourself as a superhero? And if you can, we're being, I believe, the new clothes and the vision that the Lord gave me is preparing to suit, suit us up so that it doesn't matter what resistance we have, we'll all be empowered to break through. At the moment, we're finding it difficult at the moment, there are times when we take one step forward and two steps back. At the moment, sometimes we take that step forward, but then complacency or something happens and we become stagnant. And so God is now tonight, he's going to show us how to break through in these new seasons. If you remember, Chuck Pierce a few years ago, two years ago said there's going to be, and this started in 2014, there's going to be a new time to worship, a new time to intercede, a new time to pray, a new time to warfare, a new season. And I believe this season is now. And you know, it's, I've got, as we go on, I've got confirmation through even Bishop Bill Hammond of these areas where we are being empowered to break through so that we can become the living, active word that God has placed within us to reproduce and to present to others. And especially those out there that are searching, searching. There are so many that are searching. We're his superheroes. Which means that whenever we speak forth his word, whether it's in a prophetic, prophetic utterance, whether it's a decree, or even whether it's a declaration, we are speaking life into any situation that we're praying into. We are speaking life. That word is living and it is active. When God's word is prophesied, and those of you that receives a prophetic word tonight, life is attached. Life is attached to that declaration and therefore then the breath of God is released as it says in Hebrews 4.12. It's living and active. There's a fresh, there's a fresh breath of air being released and this breath is originating from the breath of God. Are we able to allow ourselves to have, a, you know, to have filter through us, to absorb, to saturate us, the breath of God? 
being saturated. It's as it originates from the breath of God, we are then experiencing, and through that, we are decreeing life to all our dry bones and all other dry bones. Prick your ears. Mmm, dry bones. The valley of dry bones. Well, guess what? They're not just only in the valley. We're called to decree life, not to ignore the dry bones. We are the army. We are the warriors filled with God's hope and faith. But guess what? We have possibly carried our dry bones of disconnection, of despair, of hopelessness, of desolation, of isolation, of doubt, of fear. And these dry bones in our lives can affect us emotionally and meanwhile we've tried our darndest, our best to try and cover them up. But guess what? Our facades and our masks are being pulled down because God's shaking and we cannot run away from what the Lord is doing. He knows us better than we know ourselves. We think we can cover these areas up, our dry bones, and put on a great facade. But God's not allowing that anymore in our lives. I'll put my hand up. I'm one of them as well. And so therefore, the Lord is now going to say, right, we're going to deal with these dry bones. And we're going to watch a DVD in a moment on the dry bones. And it's only a very short DVD, but it has quite an impact. We may have feelings that we're trying to bury and ignore. But then they get in the road of our productivity and eventually when we're unable to discern because of our emotions. We've allowed, we have allowed our feelings to come into play and then we hide those feelings we try to ignore those feelings. And you see, the, more, the longer we ignore these areas, the longer that we allow the enemy to ta have a stronghold over us through walking through these areas of disconnection and despair and desolation, isolation, all these areas, doubt, fear. It's playing around with our minds. And we're finding that when we're trying to discern, we're having to discern through our emotions. And we don't discern through our emotions. But we get so caught up in it that we're trying to use our emotions. But the Lord is wanting us to deal with that so that when we discern, this is a gift that God has given us. And so it comes right from the heart of God through to our spirit. And this is where our discernment is launched from. These can also manifest through generational iniquities. And I'm going to ask Jess if you wouldn't mind starting to play the DVD, please. 
and it's in the Valley of Dry Bones. Can you all see? Do you need the lights out? The are you fine? The Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. We, thank you, Jess, we are part of that army. And if we look at the dry bones that's holding us back, it's up to us to deal with those areas in our lives so that they can come so that they become alive. We are a prophetic apostolic people. We attend prophetic apostolic churches. And so therefore, you know, it's, the Lord is moving within us because he's wanting our dry bones and we've got to deal with them in our lives first before we can help anybody else. And as we come together and as we allow these areas in our lives to be dealt with and we come together in unity within our churches, then what happens? We just see those dry bones come to life and no longer do these areas reign in our lives ever again because for every negative thing that is there, the Lord covers it. He brings it back to life because it's become dry and so it comes back to life. But it doesn't come back as fear and doubt. But it comes back as trust and faith. You see, we need those areas. No longer isolation, but we want unity, you know. And we look at desolation. People feel so desolated. You know, it's now caring and looking to one another, becoming a family, the body of Christ. And so he's wanting now to, he's calling us to deal with these areas in our lives. And as we do that, we're going, there's going to be a mighty growth, a rapid growth. As we read in Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14, 
And that's where it originated from. Ezekiel, who was in the spirit, was set in the middle of a valley which was full of very dry bones. The army which was symbolized as the dry bones had been disjointed. Do we feel, at times do we feel like we're disjointed away from the rest of the family of the church? And if we are, it's because the enemy is trying to disjoint us. We feel left behind. Do we feel like we're left to wither away in the midst of utter hopelessness? If there's areas in your life that you know that you relate to, we'll, that we'll, we'll have um, an opportunity to deal with them later. Is this a symptom in your life? Is this a symptom in your life? This shows how powerful hopelessness can be. It will short-circuit our faith if we're not careful. We need to deal with it. Because what it does, it erects unbelief and, that's, and the structure's trying to keep us from believing that all things are possible. All things are possible in Christ. And with the enemy, so we go back to the very beginning, the dulling of the sword of the Lord, where, no, all things are not possible. Because if you look at it in the natural eye, with your natural eye, in the flesh, it's not possible. But all things in God are possible. So we do not allow, we do not allow that edge to be dulled. But we must believe and we must trust and we must have faith and we must walk in that unity. And like many of us, even those who are prophetically gifted, it is challenging our faith when we are in the midst of a valley of barrenness, despair, disappointment, and discouragement, the dry bones in our lives. God doesn't want us to hide these things anymore. He wants to pull down our masks and say, now's the time, I want you as my army, but we need to deal with these things first. And so that's what he's calling us to do, to deal with these things. There's, no, there's not enough time to try and hide these things. Our prophecies are to our potential, our gifts, our callings, and we need them. But mind you, when you're prophesied to, and if there's a calling on your life, you need that confirmation first before you go running ahead of God. We must choose to allow our faith to arise so that God can empower us when we make the right choices. You see, when we make those right choices in him, he enables us and he empowers us to do those things. Whereas the enemy will use a dry bone of fear to prevent us from stepping out. And tonight, I just really hope that you are able to recognize if you've got dry bones, if you can recognize it, so that we can come together 
and deal with these areas. The greatest testimony of God in our lives then becomes the peace that we walk in because then we walk in his peace. In spite of whatever, not just when all is going well, but when the going's tough, when the chips are down. That doesn't happen to any of us, does it? When Satan sends his demon army on an assignment against us, that's when we must walk in his peace and our faith and our trust in him. This peace resides in us through our absolute and implicit trust in him. Irrespective of whatever the circumstance is, the enemy will have us looking at the circumstances. We've got to take our eyes off those circumstances and we've got to keep our eyes on God and we need to trust him and the, the, the dry bones in our body are not there anymore because now they have become living bones within us. And the enemy will not be able to disjoint us anymore. We're going to be able to walk in that. We're going to march in unity, the body of Christ. You see, when this peace resides in us through our absolute and implicit trust in him, irrespective of the circumstance, then the fruit is we're not panicking, and we don't have a meltdown. So if anybody's had a panic attack lately or a meltdown, what are the dry bones that you've got there that you need to deal with? We don't waste our time and our emotional energy on worrying because what does it do? It results in fear. And there's that dry bone again. But instead, this time is best praying especially in tongues, as it bypasses the enemy's airways. Otherwise, it just messes with our thinking, messes with our emotions. And guess what? That's just what the enemy wants. He loves to see us when all of a sudden we're having that meltdown, that panic attack, whatever that's happening. And when, when he's got us in that state, that's exactly, God can't use us because we've lost our peace in him. We must walk in his peace. And that's like, that's like our signal. You lose that peace, Lord, what's happening? What's going on? If you haven't got that peace, you need to cry out to Holy Spirit. Why don't I have that peace? We need to be walking in it. God's vindication is far more effective than anything we could do. Give it to God and let him deal with it. We take our minds under subjection with no more vain imaginations so that we can remain focused on God by shifting out of our old worry syndrome. This mind, especially in the middle of the night, can absolutely take over our whole world. Does anybody agree with me? You wake up in the middle, you think of the most silliest things, which really aren't terribly relevant, but they grow by the second. They're huge. And it's like, then you wake up in the morning, you think, well, what was that all about? It's vain imaginations. 
And so instead of us continuing in that, we need to stop it. Start praying in tongues and begin to deal with it. Because then we, as it says in Revelation 21.7, we who overcome shall inherit all things and I will be his God and you will be my son or daughter. God's setting us up to win. You know, he's, and we, we, if we're in the army, we're, we've got to be winners. But we must be prepared for endurance. He's got to toughen us up. We've got to know how to endure, not have a panic attack or a meltdown when stuff happens. But rise up and know that we're not fighting the battle alone, but that we're fighting and we're now stepping up into that place that he's calling us into. Endurance. We've got to know how to hang in there. And it doesn't matter how hard it is, we can do it, but we don't have to do it alone. So that through our obedience, we will receive his promise for us. But it has, we first must be obedient to him. We are totally incapable without Jesus in our lives. We are totally incapable. We are not capable of anything without Jesus. Not when it comes to obedience in God. Not when it comes to uh, being uh, following him. Not when it comes to when he wants to raise us up in our callings. When he wants to you know, call us into the far, into the either fivefold ministry or into the gifts of the Spirit. You see, to be able to move and to step into that, and know that God is going to grow us in that, we need to have His peace. Philippians four seven and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. How can we do that? Well, we need to know how to do it because this is the foundation of his presence in us, in our lives. And it boils down to our faith. Living in his peace is the greatest testimony of our faith and trust in God. As I said before, when we have his peace, we are actually living. Our faith has grown and our trust in him has grown. And as we continue to walk in that peace, we won't falter. Because to retain that peace, we must be obedient. He wants, us to, ta- he wants to take us into a different place with him. And it's into his knowledge and understanding, not ours. You know, we, we read things and we think, oh, I know what that is. It's all up here. It's all knowledge. I understand that. But that's with our own natural thinking. But the Lord's wanting to take us deeper. It's knowledge. But he wants us to understand these things the way, his way. 
And that's why I find it so much fun when, I, when God gives me a scripture and I start researching it. Holy Spirit, show me, what does this really mean? There's a depth to that scripture that we're reading. And when he takes me into it, it opens up a whole new revelation of that particular scripture. We can get so upset because things aren't happening in the time or the way that we imagine. Who here has ever thought that God is never on time? Who here has a little bit of problems with patience? Who here feels that um, when we're just waiting and we're needing and God, but I need it now, it has to be now, panic time, meltdown time, oh, I've lost my peace. Why? Because we're not trusting him. Because we imagine with our own minds that it should be happening now. Right now, God, right now. Can't you hear me, Lord? And you know what? While we're playing up like that, what do you do with your children when they play up like that? Do they get set into the corner? Just be still for a moment. Just be patient. And that's what God's doing. He's teaching us. Because if we're going to be that army, we need to know endurance. And we only learn endurance when he's teaching us to be patient, to retain that peace, and to be obedient. It's a test of our faith. It's a test of our trust and our peace in him. God will answer our prayer in his time. But sometimes he's teaching us so that we can grow our faith. Realize when he's not answering something that you need right now, okay, Lord, well, what are you teaching me? Not, hey, God, have you forgotten about me? He never forgets about us. But, Lord, what are you teaching me through this? Lord, what is it? If I'm not being patient, are you teaching me to be more patient? But you see, first we must build that peace within us. Psalm 55:22. So here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, and measureless grace will strengthen you. In other words, you've heard me, some of you've heard me talk about it before. It's the bucket. You've got all those concerns, those worries, those problems. And you're, you're panicking, you're melting down, you're losing faith, you've got fear, you, you don't trust anymore, that doubt's coming in because, 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 because. The Lord says, give them to me. I'm a visual person, I need a bucket. I love pink, mine's hot pink. I have a hot pink bucket. So when I, when I well, I don't so much now, but I have done in the past. When I've had a problem, and I'm saying, but Lord, you know, I've given, to you this, I've given this to you before and nothing's happened. And he says, well, what are you doing with it now? Are you helping me along or are you hindering me? So what do I, re- what do I learn out of that? I should leave it there and let Jesus deal with it in his time because he's working on other things besides that particular 
at that particular thing at that time. He's working on moi, on us, teaching us peace, patience, trust, faith, all those things. He's teaching us. And you see, as we hand them to the Lord now, and if I do continue, if I think about something and I think, oops, Lord, sorry, put it back in the bucket, it's yours. Let him deal with it. And because I'm a visual person, I actually visual, I can see that bucket. And I actually am aware when I take things back on, my, on board again. God can deal with our children better than we can. We've just got to be the intercessors, the prayer warriors, and we are all called to intercede and we are all called to pray. And so we spend more time doing that than we do about worrying because it makes, worry makes us sick. Interfe- interferes with our mind and our physical body, our memory, all things. But if we trust in him, then we're going to, we're going to then sense that peace that comes, passes all understanding in spite of what that is. And it can be something pretty traumatic. And that's where the test is. If you can leave that there in God's hands and allow him to deal with it. In the meantime, he's dealing with us, but he's also, he can use us. Instead of going into a little corner and eating worms and feeling sorry for ourselves, we can still remain productive within the body of Christ and not take leave because I'm so worried. I see this as the meat through our faith attaching back onto our dry bones when we can do this. That's exactly what we're doing. It's not always up to us to not allow... It's always up to us to never allow the enemy to infiltrate our minds and our emotions. It's up to us. Nobody else can stop him, but we can. We can. I've got a bit of a testimony that I want to share with you. Um, some of you have, may have heard this, I don't know, but at the beginning of the year I broke my leg. So, and I had to, six weeks in bed, and when you're an active person, six weeks in bed is pretty tough. But on the second day, the Lord spoke to me. And it was so loud and clear that it was like pretty, pretty heavy. He says, now I'm going to take you into deeper understanding of patience. I'm saying, but God, I am patient. I've learned to be patient. I should have never said that. That was the wrong thing to say. I should have not said that to God. I am learning my place, I tell you. Because then he continued to explain to me that I have the knowledge and my understanding of his peace, his patience, his prosperity. But he he wanted to show me his understanding in these three areas. And I still look at them because somebody bought me three little hearts Patience, peace, prosperity. And I look at them all the time, every day. And it reminds me of where I'm at in this area. 
So to fill the time, to give you just a bit of a background story, to fill the time in, those that have heard of Kath Tollison, if you came to the Arise Conference, and by the way, she's back next March again. But when I read one of her books, it revealed to me, because she does a lot on deliverance and inner healing, but she revealed to me some personal incidents that happened to me in my very, very, very early years of life. And this had affected my personal peace in my life, which I had not been aware of. It's amazing how God works in our lives if we allow him. But I was wondering, what did this have to do with patience or peace or prosperity? How I'm in bed with a broken leg. What's this got to do with all of this? Then he began to show me that until I can forgive, I will never reach the depth of peace and patience that he's calling me to and to the degree that he was requiring of me. And it was interesting, how many people have I helped through these similar circumstances through deliverance and healing and praying for people? Many times. And yet what I wasn't aware of is that I had a dry bone in here, one or two. And God, but God couldn't keep me still long enough. I was so busy. I was on that wheel that was going round and round and round and round. He didn't break my leg for me, but he sure took advantage of me while I was on that bed because there was, I couldn't run away from him. And so he took advantage and I was thankful. I was about to fill that bucket, Psalm 55, 22, and give it to Jesus through the process I too found more than one dry bone. Patience, I first learnt, should be the depth of our trust in God. Because if you're impatient, how can you trust God to do those things in his time if you're not patient? When we put our problems in the bucket... We, then the result and the fruit of that is peace in him. So you see how patience and peace requires obedience. And they're a matching pair. The Greek meaning for patience is, wait for it, it's a quality of our attitude. How's our attitudes? It's a quality of our heart. And it's a quality of respect. So when we have patience, when we are learning, when we're in that teaching and training of patience, we are learning to deal with some attitude problems, some heart problems. As it says in James 1, 3 to 4, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power to endure all things. Remember that. When our faith is being tested, it stirs up at the power to endure all things. Then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. No more dry bones. We're now fully connected. Every part of us is now a functioning, 
functioning for God. Patience is useful during endurance and it's best developed under trials which encourages and increases the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Because you see, you realise that these are fruits of the Spirit as well. When I was going through all of this and many, many, many tears through all of this at the same time, I then had a beautiful vision of this, of this pond and Jesus was standing in the middle of it and he had his robe on and the robe, you know how if you've got loose clothing, it'll float on the top of the water. But it encircled him. And then I saw myself floating on my back and his robe encircled me as well. And as I floated... And as I was surrounded in that mantle, I sensed a peace like I had never had before. Meanwhile, this is after some days of tears and dealing with stuff. Then all of a sudden there was a light mist on the pond and it was like the presence of the Spirit of God. And I just sensed his love come down and absolutely saturate me every part and it was at that moment that I was able and I wanted to I chose to surrender all my unforgiveness all the trauma all the violation and the dramas that I'd had to him and yet you know what before this experience I didn't realize that this had happened in my life I'd had many things dealt with but not this now as I choose patience, my desire and choice comes from a deeper understanding and a more sincere place within me. And this is where God wants us to fully understand, not our understanding, but his understanding. And when we do that, we are absolutely surrendering to God. We're surrendering to God through our faith and our trust in him. No longer mine, but his. And only then feeling his divine strength to help me through those things. The bones were coming back to life. The sinews, the muscles, the blood, Jesus, the blood of Jesus bringing back, back to life. The peace that resulted passed all understanding like I'd never, ever been through before. As I felt in the pond with Jesus that the nothingness in me was because of the everything else in him. Complete surrender. He wants our complete surrender. Everything. You can't hide anything from you. But until we choose to let it go, he can't do anything with it. Philippians 4, 6 to 8. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing, but be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every day detail of your life. 
then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Christ Jesus. That's where I want to be. That's where we all want to be. So we keep our thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And then we fasten our thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. And we can do that once we begin to walk in his peace and surrender those things to him and allow him to deal with those things. He does a far better job than we do. Then I went back to what Apostle Greg, uh, in the word of the Lord that he had at the beginning of this year, and the word, two words that kept coming up was peace and prosperity. And when I continued to hear those words, I, it, it excited me. And I'm thinking, Lord, you're showing me this peace and prosperity now. So what's this all about? And he said, I want you to be encouraged because I'm helping you to understand more to a deeper, deeper level what peace and prosperity actually is in his eyes and the deeper word, meaning of his word. And he said, but I am shaking. And I'm going to shake all that needs to be shaken. And I said, Lord, shake it. And this is what we should all be saying. Lord, you know, you might say, I'm not ready to let go. Well, guess what? You're just delaying the pain. Let him shake it. Get rid of it. Deal with it so that you can move on. He's wanting us to dig deeper, deeper, deeper. Prayer, 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 more prayer. And this will release cleansing and it opens the way for Holy Spirit to move in and do his best within us. Then he took me to prosperity was the next one and the last one. I always knew prosperity as being successful and that's all I wanted which is in serving God with excellence. So all I've ever wanted to do was serve him with excellence in all that he calls me to do according to his directions and guidance. But you see, his prosperity for me was another level that I didn't really understand. But it brings a lesson of humility from a right heart for a right reason. Who would have ever thought that prosperity opened this up? Humility. A right heart for a right reason. He took me to 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. There's that bucket again. And as I read Romans 2 one day, for me it was all about patience. And it tied so much together with forgiveness, with God's vindication, because his judgment is sufficient and his timing is perfect. 
It's up to God. It is surrendering everything to God. When we do that, our worries and cares, he's dealing with. And we can walk in that peace like we've never walked in before. Then in verse 4, his kindness. We all want to be in that place of his favour. Through his forbearance and understanding and long-suffering on our behalf. It's only then that we can sense the prosperity of himself upon us. And none of this can be made possible except through our obedience of patience. Bearing the fruit of divine peace. And then only can we understand the true meaning of God's prosperity. And yes, it will overflow into the natural. But first it must be spiritual. This is where God is calling us to in this season. I now know that I can't portray the riches of Christ in my life if I don't have the personal knowledge and understanding of peace, patience and prosperity. In 1 Timothy 6.17, To all the rich of the world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth, for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trusted Trust instead in the one who has lavished upon us all good things and fulfilling our every need. Our every need. Isn't that prosperity? And when, we, when we're at that place, in that time of prosperity with him, we are walking in that peace with him. And our attitudes have been dealt with. Patience. Then I began to understand more about why he used this time for me to go through all that I had to. And when it was all over, it was a good place. My past, unbeknownst to me, had locked up important values which I never really understood, including the unforgiveness And it wasn't until I understood the true depth of patience, that understanding of true peace was then released from within a deeper, more sensitive place within my soul. And this can be all of us. Until then, I never fully understood what prosperity meant. We can all, we all choose to be in that place. I've learned to a deeper degree that God comes first. Being careful that busyness and placing family problems into that bucket is imperative. If I wanted to walk in that continued peace, this is what I had to do. I had to be obedient. Our relationship must never become a mental connection. That's being religious. That mental that that connection with God should be heart to heart, feeling the passion 
of deep, deep love for him. Do you carry that passion? Do you carry that passion for Jesus? When we come into the presence of the Lord, he wants us completely, intimately, face-to-face, breast-to-breast, mouth-to-mouth, and yes, lips-to-lips, speaking his words, heart-to-heart with a profound passion, pure and vulnerable before him. This is what he's wanting. To truly know the Lord is a deep beyond deep spiritual connection and this is what he wants us. That's where he wants us. If we want to be part of his army, we have to first be able to connect with him. He's connecting our bones, our dry bones back together but now we need to be connecting with him. The fruit of our intimate relationship with the Lord is walking in greater power, authority and anointing. When we live in an up and close personal relationship in the natural, it is followed up with dinner dates on a regular basis. Who here goes out on a dinner date with their husband, their wife, their friend, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their mates? Up close and personal. So what about Jesus? We read in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That is some dinner date. How many dinner dates have we had with Jesus? And how many times have we knocked him back? When he's wanted us to step into that place with him, of personal relationship. How many times have we opened our doors, our hearts, not allowing other things to prevent us, but inviting him in for a one-on-one alone time with him? That's passion. Allowing time to be honest, to be real, to be vulnerable and trusting. Our dry bones are now no more because we are growing our trust and our faith in him. With Jesus, it's all things, all those things, and yet there is much more. Deep unto deep, as we saturate ourselves, as in Psalm 42, 7, in him, where the sincerity and preciousness of his love overrides all things to the, degree, to the degree where we don't question, we don't make rash statements, and we don't make those rash decisions either. It's got to be his. We renew and we adjust our armour of God in readiness to fight against any demonic fight, any demonic force assigned against us, against our family and against our church. This is what he's preparing us for. So what, what I've been sharing is the preparation time so that the enemy has no place 
to walk in through a chink in our armour, in our attitude, in whatever, in our relationship with him. When the body of Christ fully understands and equips itself with the armour of God, its members will withstand all of Satan's efforts to destroy the effective unity which should be a strength within the body of Christ as we read about and we all know the scripture in 2 Corinthians 10. Knowing how to use the whole armour of God has us in readiness to protect ourselves against the enemy and overcome the strong man. We go through and we grow through seasons of change and challenges, which introduces new ways of warfare, which is very necessary. You see, it's that warfare. God is preparing us. And I read this um, uh, on Dr. Bill Hammond's uh, page. God is preparing us. He's going to fight alongside of us. He's going to fight through us. And he's going to fight for us. So you see, he's preparing us for now, but we're not doing it alone. But he's going to use us. He's there alongside of us. Don't forget, when we have stepped up, the enemy will up the ante. But Holy Spirit will always keep us one step ahead if we continually inquire of him. There's no time for religious mindsets, or complacency. Our minds must be renewed so that we can comprehend and fully understand what God is wanting for us and the direction he wants us to take. When we receive that prophetic word, we need to be able to fully understand what God is saying. It's not so much the prophetic word, it's the fine print. It's the small print that he wants us, the conditions that he's wanting us to first process through. Apostle Julie gave a prophetic word. Anybody here about three months ago, Apostle Julie gave a prophetic word to a lady here about a new armour. I got rather excited, actually very excited about it. And I, at that time, I really believe it connects in with Apostle Greg's repeated message of new clothes. Apostle Julie, uh, her, hers was about throwing away the old because we're not fighting with bows, bows, and uh, bows and arrows anymore. This is a new time and a new season. She saw a new armour and it wasn't a shiny silvery metal as we probably could have imagined in our natural minds. But what she saw was a white cloth like Spider-Man suit. Those that are visual begin to visualise with concealed weapons at your fingertips. You see, God has got us in this season that now our weapons, we don't have to go looking for them. They're there right at our fingertips. That 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 moment that it requires that weapon, we know which weapon it is we need to use and we can use it immediately immediately because we now are spiritually sensitive to what God wants. This is why he's wanting to bring us through and teach us and say, yes, I surrender because we're, we're, going, we're going to be fighting. 
We are going to be fighting. And it's nothing like, you cannot compare it to what it was. But we're going to have to know how to use those tools. This will be for all who desire the new wardrobe. Me, I visualised a lycra onesie. You can visualise whatever you like if you want to visualise. But keep your thoughts to yourself. The following morning, I was actually under attack. And Holy Spirit showed me the new armour. So at that time, right then, I threw off the old armour. And I began to redress myself with the new armour. But immediately that I threw off the old armour and began reclothing myself as a prophet and a general of intercession, we need to, when God has called us and when we've been ordained and we've been called into those, into, we need to be owning what God has called us into. Otherwise, we will never grow in it. But my head and my chest felt immediately free and not confined anymore. And with the fresh breath of God expanding my chest, my lungs and my heart, I felt a purity, a freshness about taking in that breath. My mind then had the ability to renew like I'd never really understood before. I sensed a newfound freedom as my mind and spirit connected, bringing into subjection and unifying my soul and my spirit. And the Lord has been showing me for some time that when our soul and our spirit unifies, we are that new creation. But until that time, the soul is still battling to fight its battles. But you see, once we've surrendered them and we've allowed ourselves now to, to surrender to the Lord and walk in that peace, our mind is at peace and we bring it into subjection. We now can we need to come to that place of saying, mind. And as we do that, we then, we, we see that there is a unifying of our soul and our spirit. And I believe that we then become that new creation because how else can we become... If we're part of God's army, we need to be that new creation. We need to be walking and keeping this under control. Our mind runs away with those vain imaginations or trying to visualise or trying to work things out instead of just trusting him. As I looked at the two-edged sword... It transformed before my eyes, upgraded through my knowledge and understanding because God's word goes before me and it is forever new, forever new. And I saw that sword, I saw it like, you know, you see in the movies, you know, where that light, but I saw that sword as I held it up and wherever I took that sword, the word of God became living and active and where that light was, the darkness fled. Because the darkness cannot abide that God's light. 
And so the word of God, my word of God, is light. It is life. It is living. It is active. It's time to allow the breath of God to activate our dry bones. No longer are we making do, but we're now understanding to his shaking, allowing him to shake and to rattle us. Who here has felt shaken and rattled? Yes, shaken and rattled. And this is what we need to allow him to do. He's shaking and rattling, not only us personally. He's doing it, you know, worldwide. Even geographically, he's shaking and rattling. We're being restored back to life, empowered, effective walking in God's peace with trust and faith, without any doubts whatsoever. When we walk obediently with him, according to his direction, he shields us, he supports us, he guides us, and he directs us. So it's time to shift. It's time to attack and it's time to capture and seize the enemy and put it under our feet. We have to do that. Remember when Dr. Tim Hammond was out a couple of years ago and his message on Ruah, R-U-W-A-H. This battle is with a joy like the roar of a lion. Jeremiah 25. And he activated us in that Ruah, and we're going to do it again tonight. In Amos 3, 4, every enemy must flee from my family. You're going to decree this tonight. Every enemy must flee from my family, from my marriage, from my church, from my land. This is mine, you're going to tell the devil. Freedom from oppression, freedom from death, and reversing all curses. Who here wants to stand and make these decrees tonight for their family, for their land? And then we will end with Isaiah 61.7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour. Instead of confusion, there will be rejoicing in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. That's our promise. That's our promise tonight. So what I'd like you to do tonight, I want you to stand. And we're going to ruah tonight. Because as we ruah, you're going to roar with a joy-like roar of a lion. How are we? Are we pretty good at roaring like a joyful lion? I have never heard a joyful lion, but we're going to be so. Then you're going to say, every enemy must flee from my family, my marriage, my church, my land. Freedom from oppression. Freedom from death and reversing all curses. Can we do that tonight? Okay. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Lord, we thank you tonight. 
We thank you tonight. We, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're raising us up. Lord, you're training us. Lord, you're preparing us for the seasons to head. Lord, even as you showed Chuck Pierce, Lord, that now as we make these declarations, Lord, that you're raising us up into this new season. Lord, not only for this season now, but for the seasons ahead. Lord, you're going to use us from this, from this moment forward as we rise up, Lord, as we allow our facades and our masks to be ripped off us tonight, Father. Lord, as we allow, we just surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to you. And as we surrender, Lord, we allow you freedom within us, Lord. Deal with it, whatever needs to be dealt with, Lord. Whatever needs to be dealt with. And Lord, as you do that, I thank you, Lord, that each one of us here tonight stands in the gap for families, for marriages, for loved ones extended family, workplace, churches, lands, nations, Lord. Lord, as we just cry out, Ruah, tonight, Lord, that we are tonight letting the enemy know that we are serious. That, Lord, you're calling us, Lord, to walk in your peace, your patience and your prosperity. You're teaching us and training us. Lord, that those dry bones that have held us back in our lives, Lord, tonight, we surrender to you. Lord, we want every bone, every area of our life, Lord, we want it to be living and active because your word is living and active. And we want your word living in our lives, Lord. Lord, we want to represent you. We want to be that that representative of who you are on this earth, Lord. Ruah, thank you, Lord. So, Father, I thank you. So, okay, we'll count one, two, three, and then let it go. One, two, three. Ruah! 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 This battle is a joy. We thank you, Lord, that tonight... Every enemy must flee from my family. Every enemy must flee from marriages. Every enemy must flee from my church, from my land. Every enemy must flee from the workplace. Every enemy, we say now, enough is enough is enough. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us a voice as we cry out, Ruah, that joyful sound of that Lord, like that line, Father, we thank you as in Jeremiah 25. We thank you, Lord, that tonight we share, we, as we speak it out, as we cry it out, Father, we thank you, Lord, that all those things that have held us bound in the past will be no more, Father. We thank you, Lord, those things that we can't deal with, but you can. Tonight, Lord, we say, forgive us, Lord. We give them to you. Because, Lord, you can vindicate far better than we can. Lord, your way is the the right way, Lord. We mess it up. But, Lord, your way is for an eternity. Father, tonight we thank you. And, Lord, we take on right now Isaiah 61.7. As you say now, Lord, to us, 
Instead of you, your shame, you shall have double honor. This is what the Lord is saying to you tonight. Instead of confusion, there will be rejoicing in your portion. Therefore, in your land, you shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be yours. And your land, it may, it, you know, it can be geographical land, but your land can be your home. Your land can be your home. It can be even your little plot of allotment. Your land can be your family. Your land can be many things. But you know what? You are here tonight to stand and fight for that and let the enemy know. Ruah, I roar with the voice of the lion. And I thank you, Lord, that tonight, Lord, as you rise us up, the line of Judah, Father, I thank you tonight. We just praise God, mightily, amazing, Father. We thank you that tonight, Lord, Lord, even as you've opened up and quickened to us, Lord, those areas, Lord, that may need some attention, Father. We thank you tonight. We thank you, Father, for that, for pulling down those facades, pulling off our masks, Lord. And Lord, allowing you, Lord, we choose you to deal with those things now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.